Hey yo, welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to the 23rd of March 1998. It's WrestleMania week over on the WWF side. We're in Tucson, Arizona for Raw's War while Nitro comes live from Louisville, Kentucky. This is gonna be a huge show this week. WCW know the pressure's on with WrestleMania coming up and we have what the commentators describe as a pay-per-view caliber episode of Nitro that features some huge matches. So it's one of those weeks where you really feel the competition. Before we get started, just in case you missed the end of last week's episode, there's going to be no episodes of Reliving the War on the 1st of December and the 8th of December. There's going to be 6 full pay-per-view reviews from the early days of the war getting uploaded instead as I take a short break before the holidays, so just please keep that in mind for early December. You can jump over to Patreon now and watch all 6 of those videos early if you want to support the channel. Alright let's do it, this is Reliving the War episode 126. As soon as Nitro comes on the air, Roddy Piper's theme music plays, the hot rods back on TNT. After getting a cheap hop from the Louisville audience, Piper says he was asked to come to Nitro as a consultant. The NWO's getting out of control as is WCW, so the committee wanted to know what Piper could do about it. Piper thinks there's a problem with baseball bats in WCW, remember the uncensored Nash and Giant match for example, so Piper says baseball bats have now been outlawed. This gets a round of boos, but then Piper says they are only outlawed until Spring Stampede. There's gonna be a bat match, a bat's gonna be placed above the ring and whoever grabs it can use it. Roddy Piper in the Giant vs Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash. As for tonight, Piper wants to see a Kevin Nash vs Giant one on one match, so the hot rod books it. And finally, Piper wants to talk about Randy Savage. Piper thinks that Hogan and the Macho Man are acting like ex-lovers, the hot rod doesn't care about their feud over who's the top dog in the NWO, but he does remember Randy Savage helping Hogan back at Halloween Havoc and Piper says he didn't need any more brain damage back then. So tonight, live on Nitro, Roddy Piper will have a match with the Macho Man Randy Savage. So we've got Nash vs The Giant, Piper vs Savage, and at the commentary table another match gets announced and it's a match that takes place at the start of Nitro's second hour. Sting's gonna defend his world heavyweight title against US champion Diamond Dallas Page. It didn't look like Chavo wanted his uncle's advice while heading to the ring for a match against Ultimo Dragon. Chavo took it out on Dragon though by performing a chin lock. I don't know guys, could Chavo be the new Monday Night Chin Lock Master? Chavo's problem in this match though was the fact that he kept leaving himself wide open for counters and reversals. His top rope attack got stopped and Dragon also countered an apron suplex with his Dragon Sleeper, leading to Chavo topping out. Uncle Eddie says that Chavo's an embarrassment. Chavo has to do what Eddie says. Eddie told Chavo to win and Chavo didn't get the job done. So on behalf of Chavo, Eddie apologizes to the fans and the Guerrero family. He tells his mom not to cry and he forces Chavo to apologize to Grandma Guerrero. Eddie then says he'll show his nephew how to win matches a little later on when he faces a different Japanese superstar who's probably much better than Ultimo Dragon. It's time for the mandatory Hulk Hogan promo and Hogan says, Riddle me this, riddle me that, nobody's afraid of that stinky old giant and pantyhose Piper without the bat. My sides are splitting. Hogan says nobody's afraid of Piper with a bat either, but Hollywood and Nash love the idea of a bat match at Spring Stampede, and Hulk says he and Big Sexy will have a lot of fun on April 19th. 
Hogan says he loves Kevin Nash so much that he's gonna back him up tonight. Nash won't face the giant all alone, instead Hollywood's gonna join that bout and it's gonna be a 2 on 1 match. I distinctly remember JJ Dillon cutting a promo where he said Eric and the NWO have no power on Monday nights and they don't have the ability to book matches and whatnot but yeah there you go. Scotty Steiner came out for a match against Wayne Bloom next and Buff Bagwell measured Scotty's bicep, 28 inches, what a big boy. The Bloommeister got in a bit of offense surprisingly but a double underhook powerbomb put Wayne in his place. Scotty followed this up with a middle rope Samoan drop and Wayne found himself in a Steiner recliner. Scott wins via submission. Lodi vs Psychosis took place next and check out this corkscrew moonsault from Psychosis. Looks like Lodi took a lot of impact on his left shoulder there. After this move the match was pretty much all over. Psychosis performs a sit down front suplex back in the ring. We see the guillotine leg drop and Psychosis wins via pinfall. The pyro in the arena goes off to start our number 2 of Nitro just as Raw begins on the USA Network. Sting vs DDP for the world titles next on Nitro, on Raw Steve Austin cuts a promo. Austin tells Kevin Kelly to shut up because he doesn't want to listen to him. Last week Mr McMahon made it clear that he doesn't want Austin as WWF champion. Stone Cold says he can't be molded into anything else like McMahon said, Austin will continue to do what he wants when he wants and can't nobody stop him. Austin's looking ahead to Wrestlemania, he says he respects Shawn Michaels as a wrestler and he expects it to be his toughest match ever. But but Vince and the World Wrestling Federation are welcome to throw as much trash at Steve as they want. Stone Cold will walk through it all because he wants Michaels in the ring at the biggest show of the year. Kevin Kelly says DX are on their way to the arena and that includes Mike Tyson. Kelly says DX are in full force and Austin wonders if Double K thinks Stone Cold isn't in full force. Austin thinks Kelly might be insulting him but Stone Cold gives Kelly a break and Kevin just gets warned this time around. Austin says he's got the night off so he's gonna sit in the back, drink a few Steve Weisers and he's gonna wait for DX to show up. But then Sergeant Slaughter appears and Stone Cold says the commissioner better not be here for a Steve Weiser because Austin didn't bring him one. Slaughter says Austin does not have the night off, he's gonna compete tonight on Raw and that's an order from Vince McMahon himself who unfortunately can't be here tonight. Slaughter announces a Stone Cold vs Rock main event for Raw tonight and Austin says that's fine. He said earlier he would walk through all the trash Vince throws at him but then Slaughter says if Austin doesn't compete then his Wrestlemania match will be a non-title match. Austin tells Slaughter he just said he'd wrestle the match, the rattlesnake gets annoyed and so the commissioner takes a Stone Cold stunner. The bump Slaughter takes is once again fantastic. So on top of the blockbuster night Nitro has planned, we're also getting a Rock vs Austin main event on Raw 6 days before Wrestlemania. Alright here we go, it would have been nice to have this as the main event but WCW are clearly trying to stop folks from watching Raw. Sting vs DDP for the World Heavyweight Championship. The initial lockup is fantastic, neither man gives an inch and they fall out of the ring while still locking up. Eventually they let go and Nick Patrick tells the competitors to get back in the ring. The champion and the challenger get back inside the ropes and things feel very tense. The atmosphere they've created here by doing very little is superb and a great example of less being more. We get wrist lock counters and DDP drives his shoulder into Sting but the champ performs a standing switch from a DDP waist lock. Page's shoulders end up on the mat 
bad, but he kicks out at two. Sting then kicks DDP's leg and Paige has to quickly get out of a deathlock attempt. Sting tries again, he takes Paige down by kicking his leg, but this time Dallas makes it to the ropes. The two deathlock attempts get the crowd seriously excited. Sting backs off and Paige gets a little frustrated. He comes back with a headlock followed by a swinging neckbreaker. He then goes for a diamond cutter but Sting was ready for it and the two back off again. The crowd roars in approval as Sting realises he was just one move away from losing the championship. The two lock up again and it goes to the corner. DDP doesn't give a clean break and he's able to soften Sting up a bit. The Stinger takes the pancake but he kicks out at two and so Dallas gets serious with a chin lock. Sting should have just stayed down. The two get up and Sting finds himself taking more punishment in the corner but he manages to drop DDP on the top turnbuckle. Page then takes a clothesline and the Stinger brings the pain with a chin lock of his own. My god, this match is awesome. Sting keeps it applied for ages so if you're a chin lock enthusiast then this is gonna be something you don't wanna miss. The two get up and Page takes a jumping clothesline from the champ but Dallas then gets a sudden adrenaline rush and he pulls off a belly to belly suplex. Page then goes for a pile driver but Sting counters with a backdrop. The two then punches but it's Sting who gets the better of Paige here. Dallas takes two face busters before Sting goes to the top rope but Dallas gets the knees up when Sting tries an aerial attack. Why there's a lighter in the ring I've no idea but it looks like the Stinger could do with a smoke. Nick Patrick begins his 10 count, the two get up, Paige strikes Sting in the corner, he goes for the diamond cutter but Sting counters with a scorpion death drop. Sting covers Paige and the Stinger retains the world heavyweight title. A world title match on Nitro that had a clean finish and there wasn't an NWO guy in sight. This really is a special night. Sting helps Paige do his feet and he puts him in the corner. Paige gets his wits about him and the two embrace as the crowd goes crazy. Well done WCW, well done. We've got Lex Luger vs Rick Fuller next on Nitro, on Raw we've got Cactus and Chainsaw vs the Quebecers again, no not the amazing French Canadians, the Quebecers. As Jack throws Pierre off the top rope, Jim Ross explains that in this week's dumpster match at Wrestlemania, both members of a tag team must be put in a dumpster that sits at ringside. Cactus and Chainsaw work together to clear out the ring but they notice their Wrestlemania opponents standing on the entranceway. Road Dogg and Badass are wearing tuxedos, they set up a table for some champagne and they have also brought a dumpster. The Outlaws also have inflatable dates that look remarkably like Cactus and Chainsaw and the boys drink champagne while watching the action in the ring. Funk gets a foot up when Pierre comes off the top rope and this leads to Cactus getting the hot tag. The Outlaws then hit the ring and they use their champagne buckets to take out Cactus and Chainsaw. Terry Funk doesn't get put through the table, the table gets put through Terry Funk and the ambush ends with Cactus Jack taking a spike pile driver on a steel chair. At this point there was nothing else these two teams could do to build up their mania match, as a matter of fact they could have stopped when Cactus and Chainsaw got pushed off the stage while in the dumpster but kudos to WWF for making the tag team titles mean a whole lot more heading into Wrestlemania. From meaning something to meaning absolutely nothing over on Nitro, we've got Lex Luger vs Rick Fuller on TNT. Whoever followed Sting vs Page was always gonna have a bad time but a promo would've worked a whole lot better here I think. Mike Tanay says Rick Fuller's put on a lot of weight, he didn't mean this in a bad way but it certainly didn't sound too good. This match though plays out exactly like you'd imagine. Go think about it for a second, how do you think this is gonna play out?
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Fuller overpowers Luger to start the match off. Big chops in the corner, clotheslines. Lex does absolutely nothing until he gets a boot up in the corner, and then we see a few clotheslines from Luger, followed by the bionic forearm. Lex applies the torture rack, and Rick Fuller gives it up. Luger getting Fuller up for the rack was still impressive, though, so at least there's that. Jeff Jarrett vs Steve Blackman on Raw, Eddie Guerrero vs Kaz Hayashi on Nitro. So tonight's the night that Jeff Jarrett retires from pro wrestling forever because there's not a chance in hell that he can withstand the sheer brutality of Steve motherfucking Blackman. Tennessee Lee says he's gonna be out of a job after this match, so if anyone knows of any work going, he'll be hanging outside the arena after the show. Jarrett comes out with his horse again, and Jim Ross says that Jarrett's gonna compete in the 15 tag team battle royal that's gonna kick off WrestleMania. Jarrett does not compete in this match, but he still brings a horse to ringside later in the show. The walking, talking, lethal weapon makes his grand entrance, and Tennessee Lee gets concerned. This is the man who's gonna send him to the unemployment line. Steve easily overpowers Jared, but that cheater Double J gets in a cheap shot. Blackman then sees Tennessee Lee crying on the outside, and he feels a bit bad for this guy potentially losing his job, so he gives him a bit of hope by letting Double J hit a clothesline. Good guy, Steve Blackman. To balance it out, Steve hits a dropkick, Double J kicks out of a few pin attempts, and then Blackman notices a giant robot monster hovering above the arena. Steve's just about to take flight and battle that big bastard in the sky, but Jeff grabs him and we see a back suit. Plex, the robot monster got away. Double J struts before hitting Blackman with a swinging neckbreaker. The referee begs Blackman not to kill this fool, and Blackman says, Don't worry about it. He's only using 0.0001% of his full power. Tennessee Lee gets even more anxious as Blackman smashes Jarrett's nose into the canvas, and Blackman then smacks Jarrett's chest so hard that Double J grew an extra breast. A backbreaker from Blackman turns Double J's spine into a slinky. Jarrett panics and he thinks a top rope move can save him, but Blackman's right there for the counter. Tennessee Lee isn't thinking straight, and in order to save his employment, he grabs Steve's foot and he begs him to go easy on Jarrett. Lee forgets to let go, and Double J covers Blackman, and by God, Double J defeats Steve Blackman on Raw. Steve, though, doesn't care. He asks the referee where the giant robot monster went, and the referee says he's at the merch table buying an Austin 316 shirt. Another referee says the robot monster's actually in the restroom taking a mean dump. Double J attacks referee number two, and Blackman has no time for this wrestling drama, so a motherfucker kick sorts out Double J, and Blackman wants to know if Tennessee Lee wants to help him beat up the robot monster. Lee agrees, so the two dash off to save the world. On Nitro, Eddie wanted to show Chavo how it's done by beating a Japanese wrestler in the middle of the ring, and Kaz Hayashi is that Japanese superstar. Eddie suckered Kaz in at the opening bell, and he goes on to destroy the youngster during the early portion of the match. Kaz tried to fight back with a moonsault, but Eddie countered it with a perfectly timed dropkick, and it looked like this one was gonna be all over within the first few minutes. Hayashi manages to land on his feet after a German suplex attempt, and Eddie gets dumped out of the ring following a head scissors. Hayashi then performs an awesome 
Dalton twisting crossbody from the ring to the outside, and Kaz now has a chance. He performs a missile dropkick back in the ring but Eddie kicks out of the follow up cover. A big suplex from Hayashi makes Chavo nod his head in approval, but Eddie then smoothly stops an aerial attack by countering with a backbreaker. Eddie keeps the pressure on with a tilt award backbreaker and a pump handle backbreaker. Per Hayashi's not gonna have a back left after this match, so Eddie ends it with a superplex followed by a frog splash. Eddie tells Chavo to raise his hand and Chavo begrudgingly does it. Ultimo Dragon then appears to help Kaz and Eddie throws a shoulder in the dragon as he's passing by. Eddie then seems annoyed that Chavo won't attack Dragon so Chavo gets slapped around a bit. The WWF advertised a D-Generation X public workout later in the week and for those who don't know, this didn't go too well. A fan threw a battery at Shawn Michaels and HBK decided to walk out and leave Triple H and Mike Tyson high and dry. He did come back out later to taunt Steve Austin but it's another example of Shawn's problems getting brought to the forefront. Triple H said that Michaels was an absolute nightmare to deal with this particular week as Shawn was having a tough time coming to terms with both losing his title and ending his in-ring career. We see DX arriving to Raw in their limousine, Tyson's here still doing the best crotch chops in the history of the business, and Sean says the gang's all here and Stone Cold better get over it. Next up we have Undertaker and Kane promos on Raw, on Nitro Conan battles Prince Ikea. The Undertaker cuts his promo from a graveyard and he's talking to his parents. He says he's done things he's not proud of but he hopes Big Daddy Taker and Mommy Taker understand that the Undertakers came to a crossroad. The devil himself stands before Taker as his own little brother. Taker asks for forgiveness because he must commit a sin, a sin that must be done. In the end he hopes that one day the whole family can rest in peace but if that's not the case then Taker's willing to burn in his own damnation. Taker wants his parents to understand that Cain is giving him no choice, he has to fight, and he wants his parents to know that he still loves them. It's touching, it's heartfelt, yet I'm shitting my pants at the same time. Kane and Paul Bear walk down to the ring and Paul says he's sick of hearing The Undertaker cry about his parents. He then reveals that Kane has the exact same powers as The Undertaker and Paul thinks Taker's little brother should give fans a demonstration. Kane makes some pyro go off in the arena, the crowd boos, so Paul decides to mess around with the commentators. Kane sends a bolt of lightning to one of the monitors, it blows up and let's look at that again in super slow motion. The effect starts off well but <laughs> yeah we kinda lost it there, but let's not call Kane's superpowers into question. Guy's a complete animal. He's an animal! An animal! An animal! Kane then takes out a spotlight, showing his sick sniping skills from weeks of playing GoldenEye 007, and Paul says that this should make us all believers. It ends at WrestleMania. It was The Undertaker's fault that his parents perished in the fire. It's Taker's fault that Kane ended up disfigured and locked up for 20 years. And it's Taker's fault that Paul brought Kane to the World Wrestling Federation. Paul then says he's fed up with the fans, so he gives Kane free reign to do whatever he wants. A poor crew member just happened to be walking by, so Kane sets his ass on fire, and there's a loud collective gasp in the arena. This was a pretty good stunt, and personally speaking, I can't wait to see more of Kane's superpowers at WrestleMania. WCW play a Conan hype video before his match with Prince Ikea. Just when I was saying I hope WCW do a little more with Conan, it looks like they're indeed giving him a small push on Monday nights. If you get a hype video before your match, there's no way you're gonna lose, right? 
Well, I had concerns as soon as the match started. Ikea pulls off this takedown, whatever it is, Conan takes a timeout, and then the prince gets his ass kicked for most of the match. Conan completely bullies his opponent with clotheslines, DDTs, a few half Boston crabs, a suplex, and a couple of knife edge chops. Conan then goes for a cradle DDT, but the prince counters with a pinning Northern Lights suplex, and Conan does the job on Monday Nitro. Tony Schiavone says this is the biggest win of IKEA's career, bigger than the TV title win, and mate, there's only so many times you can be the underdog and have the biggest win in your career. Nothing against IKEA personally, he's came a long way since his debut, but I think Conan has way more to offer, and I'd rather WCW focused a bit more on K-Dog if they don't plan on doing anything with IKEA. Chris Jericho vs Lenny Lane on Nitro, the new Midnights vs the Becker Michael Likers on Raw. I was hoping we'd get to settle in and see what this new Midnight Express really has to offer, but unfortunately this one broke down within minutes thanks to all sorts of tag teams showing up to interfere. Just as Bodacious Bart goes on offense with a sweet vertical suplex, the headbangers and the Rock and Roll Express show up. Sniper and Recon then make an appearance and Jim Ross says these boys are no longer associated with the Jackal, it must have happened on Shotgun or something. Bombastic Bob pulls off a bombastic chinlock as Savio Vega and Miguel Perez Jr. march down to the ring, and you know where this is headed. Jesus and Jose then come down, and apparently these boys have been having problems with Savio and Miguel, so it seems like all these gangs are breaking up, and I say thank you sweet lord because those gang wars were bugging the hell out of me. All the teams begin fighting, it ends up in the ring, and Jim Ross says this is just a small sample of what we'll see in the 15 team WrestleMania Battle Royal. The crowd chant LOD, but the Legion of Doom aren't here. The Road Warriors are done, according to JR. On Nitro, Jericho was about to cut a promo, but Lenny Lane interrupts him, saying that Jericho owes him $1,000 for dressing up like the Ayatollah a few weeks back on Thunder to get one over on Dean Malenko. Jericho says it's actually Lenny Lane who owes him $1,000 because Lane stole his mask, he stole his belt, he wore his tights, and his Loverboy cassette tapes also gone missing. Jericho says he can't wear those tights anymore because they smell like Lenny Lane's scrote, so Double L needs to pay up. Leonard has to pay right this instant, so Jericho gets paid with a smack to the face. The bell rings, Lenny performs a backdrop, an inverted atomic drop, and a power slam that looked pretty good. Jericho answers with a spinning wheel kick followed by a double underhook backbreaker. The Lion Tamer counter didn't look too good immediately afterwards, and neither did Lane's full Nelson face crusher. But the match comes to a very quick end when Jericho grabs Lenny in the corner, he performs a spinebuster, and he applies the Lion Tamer. Lenny Lane tops out on Monday Nitro. On Raw, DX cut a promo, plus we've got Farouk vs Chains. On Nitro, Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash take on the Giant. To kick things off, Triple H wants to see some footage from last week, and we see Triple H winning the European Championship. Hunter says China's gonna be handcuffed to the chin at WrestleMania, meaning China's gonna get handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter, but Hunter says it won't be a factor because Triple H owns Owen Hart and Owen should just stay at home. If the Blackheart shows up at WrestleMania, then Triple H will put him in a wheelchair for good. Shawn Michaels points out a fan at ringside who's trying to get in the ring and slam her big wobblers in Mike Tyson's face, an 
And after making jokes about her breasts, HBK calls her a skank. <laughs> the lady doesn't care a single bit. HBK then addresses the back and forth between Vince McMahon and Steve Austin, comparing it to a pinch fight. Sean says there's already a cat fight booked at WrestleMania, so the last thing we all need is another two chicks smacking each other around in the ring. Michaels appreciates that Vince doesn't want Austin to become WWF champion, but the truth is Stone Cold doesn't care and neither does Shawn Michaels. HBK tells Austin to forget about McMahon and stunning Sergeant Slaughter. Austin needs to focus on Michaels. The WWF title belongs to HBK and there's only one way for Austin to achieve that goal of his that he's had for 8 years. Michaels says he's the same age as Austin yet he's accomplished a whole lot more throughout his entire run, but HBK is going to give Austin that one opportunity at WrestleMania. Stone Cold has to overcome Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold has to overcome something else at Mania. Michaels can't seem to remember what it is, and then he recalls that D-Generation X's Mike Tyson is gonna be the special enforcer. Tyson says he'll knock Stone Cold out if he gets in his way, and then Michaels asks Mike who's gonna come out of WrestleMania still the WWF champion. You will heartbreak! Heartbreak then asks Mike who's the baddest man on the planet, Tyson says he is of course. Heartbreak then says DX will rule the wrestling world forever and that's the end of the promo. Sean's final DX promo on Raw for about 8 years. Was it a good promo to sell WrestleMania? Uh, I kinda think this WrestleMania sells itself really, and pretty much every match had already been given a solid build up to this point, so it didn't really matter what HBK, Austin or anyone else said on this night. Mania 14 was already shaping up to be a great show. Farouk vs Chains got a little more spicy when The Rock made an appearance in the early moments of the match. Rock carried a chair down the ringside and he had to stop to admire Farouk's deadly chin lock. Farouk had everything under control, he plants Chains with a spine buster, but then The Rock jumps in to take out Chains with his trusty steel chair. Farouk says no, he's got this, but Rock swings anyway and that silly clumsy Farouk only went and stuck his head out, resulting in Rocky accidentally hitting the nation's leader with that chair. Jim Ross thinks Rock intentionally hit Farouk here and Rock has to explain to his nation teammates that it was just an accident, but let's watch that again on replay. Yeah, that was absolutely 100% accidental. I bet Farouk's gonna get all annoyed now due to that chair shot, but accidents happen Farouk, come on man. Over on Nitro we've got the big 2 on 1 match, Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash vs The Giant, and we've got a ton, and I mean a ton of stalling throughout this matchup. I usually watch the full episodes of Raw on Nitro before watching them again to script these videos out, and I noted on the first watch through that absolutely nothing happens here more or less. Hogan tries a shoulder block, he falls on his ass, he gets back up and he circles around the Giant for a bit, they lock up, Hogan fails the body slam Giant so the big man body slams Hogan, and we get even more stalling, and look I get it, build it up, get fans excited just like the DDP and Sting match, but that same excitement in the arena just isn't there this time and this feels more typical of an NWO match rather than legit letting things simmer to make the audience go into a frenzy. Giant wins a test of strength and Hogan gets chopped in the corner, the big man then chokes Hogan with his big boot, and Hulk takes a time out after getting his head rocked on the top turnbuckle pad. When the match resumes, the two lock up again and Hogan knees the Giant. A few punches to the face stun the big man and Hogan tries to bite his opponent but a backbreaker from the Giant leads to Hogan taking another break on the outside. Kevin Nash then wants a tag and the crowd does pop when Nash enters the ring. The two lock up and Hogan lends a hand from the apron, 
Nash then throws punches with a lot more urgency than Hogan and Jan takes a corner clothesline. Jan fires back though with a corner clothesline of his own. Nash gets floored with a headbutt and that's gonna be the end of our match everyone. Hogan jumps in, the Jan shoves away both his opponents, the NWO booty man then shows up and Mark Curtis calls for the bell. Booty man goes for the booty buster but Jan's not gonna take that bump tonight guys. Eric Bischoff lays in the kicks and this act just annoys the giant, so Eric takes a massive choke slam and this was definitely the best thing about this terrible match. The NWO get out of the ring, the giant had a giant booger hanging off his nose and this pay per view caliber episode of Nitro moves on to its next match. Chris Benoit vs Booker T for the TV title on Nitro, on Raw Barry Windham bottles Bradshaw. You'd think that Bradshaw vs Barry Windham would have happened at a pay per view seeing it's been building for a while but I do agree it isn't really a Wrestlemania match at this point. The Rock and Roll Express watched this one from the audience and the lads love it when Bradshaw hits Windham with a big boot. Bradshaw keeps the pressure on on the outside by throwing his old partner into the ring steps. Bradshaw hits another big boot. Back in the ring Windham whips Bradshaw with his chops. Bradshaw fights back with more big boots and a corner clothesline though he ends up running straight into a DDT. Jim Cornette's having an argument with Ricky and Robert as Bradshaw takes a back suplex. The Rock and Roll threaten to jump the guardrail, Barry Windham gets distracted and Bradshaw manages to steal a victory. The Rock and Roll Express leave and the Midnight Express arrive. Bradshaw takes a beating, Ricky and Robert run back but they're too late. <sighs> this isn't great is it? What is great though is Booker T vs Chris Benoit on Nitro and there's gonna be some of you out there who knows what this match leads to. The TV title's on the line, Benoit's first to hit the mat after a shoulder block though a hard chop sends Booker into the corner. Booker gets beaten up pretty badly but he manages to pull off a power slam that keeps Chris at bay. The two lock up again, they go through a test of strength before Booker floors Chris again with a hook kick. Booker then performs a clothesline and when Benoit gets back up the two grapple each other for a bit before deciding to break it off and start again from scratch. Chris performs a German suplex and a back elbow before putting Booker down for a chin lock. The two get up and Booker takes another hard chop, but Booker then comes back with an insane flapjack where Benoit got some serious airtime and Booker follows this up with a hardened sidekick. Booker's feeling it, he goes to the top rope for the hangover or maybe a missile dropkick but Benoit wakes up and the champ takes a superplex. When the two get up, Benoit performs his rolling German suplexes but he can't capitalize afterwards. Booker comes back with a spine buster but he smashes his little king Booker on the top rope when trying a Harlem sidekick. A northern light suplex doesn't win the match for Benoit. The two get to their feet and they start throwing chops and punches and then the bell rings. The time limit has expired and there is some confusion in the arena but when it's announced that the match is a draw the crowds start booing. This match was good and it was just becoming great but Booker T retains and Chris Benoit doesn't look happy about it. Don't worry though guys, this one happens again quite a few times and it leads to one of the best things WCW ever did with their television title. On Raw next, Vince Russo presents Sable with an award. On Nitro, we've got Kurt Hennig vs The Bulldog and Goldberg vs The Renegade. Rick Rude joins the commentary table as The Bulldog applies a knuckle lock so strong that Kurt Hennig's eyes pop out. Kurt puts Davey down with a chop, Bulldog hits the mat and Kurt begins kicking Davey's leg. Davey gets out of the way when Kurt tries to attack at the ropes, the former Mr. Perfect takes a few forearm shots and the Bulldog puts Kurt down with a clothesline. Rude leaves the commentary table when Davey hits the second clothesline and when we come back from commercial break Davey's laying in the uppercuts. 
Rude tries to hold Davy's foot when he goes for the power slam, so Davy stomps on Ravishing Rick's fingers and he manages the performance finisher. Problem is though, Rude jumps on the apron and we all know our man Davy gets easily distracted. Davy grabs Rick, Rick grabs a pair of handcuffs that he always keeps in his jacket in case of emergencies, and Davy just doesn't even think of moving his hands away and he lets Rude handcuff him to the top rope. The boys mess Davy up and the hitman Bret Hart has to come down for the save. We see a classic Rick Rude atomic drop cell as the hitman fights off not only Ravishing Rick and Kurt Hennig, but pretty much every mid-card member of the NWO. Rick grabs a mic after he's finished destroying the New World Order and he says no one knows what it's like to get screwed like the hitman does. He quotes Vince McMahon's classic line, Bret screwed Bret before saying, I don't think so. And Bret says anytime he sees injustice in WCW, he's gone to make sure nobody has to go through what he did. So Bret Hart's becoming WCW's resident crime fighting superhero who fights for truth, justice, jam and the Canadian way. In other words, WCW still have no idea what to do with his excellency. The renegade said on his way to the ring that he knows how to beat Goldberg, saying as he's already wrestled him twice. His plan is to take Billy Boy out with a handspring back elbow, but yeah, that didn't work. I think Goldberg caught the side of his eye and Renegade's little metal things on his trunks because we can see Bill's been cut open after the jackhammer, though the production guys do make sure to keep the cameras zoomed out. Goldberg defeated Wayne Bloom on Thunder this past week, he then had 3 house show matches with Brad Armstrong, so this victory over the Renegade makes him 52-0. And guess what guys, WCW announced their number for the win streak on this episode of Nitro. You ready for it? <laughs> well, Bobby Heenan says that Goldberg is 60-0 and we all know that isn't the case, so WCW are already inflating the numbers. What we'll do from this point on is keep two totals for the streak, the real one and the WCW one. Can't believe they lied to us guys, fucking scumbags. Over on Raw, it's no secret that Vince Russo had the hots for Sable and here he is presenting her with an award. Sonny was supposed to get an award too, but she doesn't get the chance to show up. The January 1998 Raw magazine was the biggest selling issue to date and the magazine came in two versions, one with a Sable cover and one with a Sunny cover, and this is a reason to celebrate and hand out awards, apparently. Mark Merrow says Sable's success comes from riding his coattails but he wants his wife to enjoy this moment, so Marvelous Mark leaves and Russo's like, oh yeah, now's my chance. Russo awkwardly gives Sable her award, Sable's about to give her acceptance speech but then Luna shows up. Luna manages to take the plaque away and Sable gets clocked. The award gets broken and Luna rips Sable's evening gown before leaving the ring. Russo's having the absolute time of his life but Marvelous Mark comes back to tend to his wife. Mark says Goldust is a dead man this week at Wrestlemania as Sable gets helped out of the ring. Let's wrap up this week's show then with Steve Austin vs The Rock on Raw and Roddy Piper vs Randy Savage on Nitro. Randy comes to the ring first and he gets an early advantage when Piper steps inside the ropes. Liz holds on to Piper's foot so Randy can do more damage in the corner, Piper frees himself and he's able to poke Randy in the eye before smashing his head on the top turnbuckle pad. The hot rod winds up a big right hand that floors Macho and the referee lets Piper use his belt to whip Savage over and over again. Piper uses the belt to clothesline Macho 
show. He then chokes Randy before throwing him out of the ring. On the outside, Piper exposes the concrete floor and he goes for a pile driver, but Miss Elizabeth scratches the hot rod's back. Roddy grabs Liz, he gives her a big old kiss, but this act allows Randy to take advantage because Piper wasn't paying attention. Check out the hot rod's back after those back scratches. In the ring, Roddy counters a body slam with a sleeper. Liz ends up getting knocked off the apron when Savage struggles to break the hold. Savage does break the sleeper with a jawbreaker, but the referee's now left the ring to check on Liz. Hogan shows up, he takes out the referee, Kevin Nash appears with a baseball bat and the guys in the ring now have a problem. Hogan tells Nash to take out the macho man but Nash decides to take out Piper. Hogan stops Kevin and a shoving match breaks out between Big Sexy and Hollywood Hogan. If you want to pinpoint the beginning of the NWO Wolfpack, I'd say you would start right here. Hogan wanted Savage taken out but Nash remembers the NWO's focus is to take out WCW guys. Hogan thinks his personal vendetta against Savage is more important and this bickering between the two leads to Sting showing up with his own baseball bat and the NWO guys shit themselves. Fortunately for them, Randy Savage attacks Sting so Hogan and Nash can focus on Piper. The giant then appears though and the NWO get out of harm's way. Savage won't walk to the back with his NWO teammates, and it seems like the issues between the NWO have now gotten even bigger thanks to Kevin Nash and Hollywood Hogan. Over on Raw, Rock and Austin lock up. Rock brings it to the corner, Austin turns Rocky over and he flips him off while giving a clean break. The cleanest break Stone Cold could ever give. The two trade hammer locks, Rock takes a back elbow and we cut away to see D-Generation X watching the match backstage on their 52 inch 4K 120Hz smart TV. Rock applies a side headlock, Austin goes down after a shoulder block, Stone Cold tries to fire back with right hands but a clothesline knocks Austin down once again. More right hands keep Austin at bay and another shoulder block keeps Austin on the mat momentarily. But Stone Cold gets up and he performs the Luthez press, making the crowd pop in the process. Rock manages to dodge a Stone Cold stunner by getting out of the ring so Austin decides to attack Mark Henry to get at Rocky. Rock takes some more damage on the outside and he begs for Austin to back off when the match resumes in inside the ropes. Stone Cold of course shows no mercy. Rock ducks a clothesline and he heads to the outside again. Stone Cold grabs a chair to take care of the nation but Rock takes advantage and he attacks Austin from behind. Stone Cold gets dropped on the guardrail, he gets slammed into the ring steps and back inside the ring Rock kicks and chokes Stone Cold in the corner. Mark Henry chokes Austin too just before a commercial break. We come back to see Austin applying a sleeper, Rock escapes by driving Austin into the corner and then we see the people's elbow. Austin kicks out so there's only one thing for it guys, a chin lock gets applied. Austin doesn't give up though so Rock tries another people's elbow but this time Stone Cold moves out of the way. Rock gets hit with three consecutive clotheslines, he avoids a back body drop but Austin manages to hit the Stone Cold stunner and Austin wins the Raw's War main event. D'Lo takes a stunner too before DX's music plays in the arena and Shawn Michaels has just one thing to say to Stone Cold. HBK says he's already turned out Austin's lights twice with Sweet Chin Music and this Sunday the Heartbreak Kid will turn out Austin's lights for the very last time. Shawn walks away but he then comes back while removing his jacket. Triple H stops HBK from getting in the ring and if you want to see what happens next you're gonna have to check out WrestleMania 14. Raw wins reliving the war this week. As mentioned, the mania buildup didn't need much more work but this episode of Raw was a good go home show. The stuff with Kane was fun, the main event was good and a fair amount of time was spared for the final match. 
The mid card wasn't spectacular, but Raw had a lot more good things on as opposed to Nitro. That DDP vs Sting match though was easily the match of the week. Raw now has 58 points, Nitro has 54 points and we've got 14 ties on the board. In the television ratings, Nitro wins with a 4.6 while Raw recorded a 3.6. Join me this Sunday and we'll take a look at WrestleMania 14. Or if you want to watch it now, head over to Patreon and you can watch WrestleMania 14 and those 6 other pay per view videos from 1995 and 1996 before everyone else. WrestleMania 14 seen by many as the pay-per-view that changed the WWF's fortunes in the Monday Night War, and there's some good matches and moments at the show in Boston, so hopefully you'll watch the upload and then we'll see the fallout next week on Reliving the War. Thanks for watching guys, as always I do appreciate it, and take care.